Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, On the Beat Live. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, Johnny T-Shirt, and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. With that comes On The Beat. With On The Beat comes Ross Martin and Adam Smith and producer John Bowman running the show. John, glad to have you back. It was a little stressful last week. I was trying to do StreamYard by myself, keep up with all the, the bots and, and everybody. Um, so I'm glad you're here today. Um, I just sent a tweet out, and I'm going to start with Ross Martin first. Is that Drake May apology legit? <laughs> I've, I'm reading it now, and I'm going to retweet it. Avi, look, this is what makes sports great. And this is kind of what I've been fighting for in my seven, eight years in the media. Sports are fun. Let's make them fun. Let's talk some junk to rivals. Let's have um, – and social media changes everything. But this is why we, this is why it's fun for fans. You get involved. You, you, you say things you don't maybe shouldn't have said or didn't mean to say. And, and it gets people riled up. And social media intensifies it. But uh, for those who – I guess should I set us up here? For those who are not aware of what happened, no, it's, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, Drake May said uh, that, you know, he loves UNC. He wanted to go to UNC. He grew up a Carolina fan. Uh, if, you, if you grow up in Carolina, you usually grow up a Carolina fan. Some people may say that, you know, state's the, the school, but really people who go to state just can't get into Carolina. Um, when I heard that, alarm bells went off in my content mind and i mean adam was there right next to me we both heard it i was like all right here we go and look honestly from a journalistic standpoint um and just from being like a reporter you're like all right if i tweet this out it's gonna go viral i know exactly what's gonna happen and drake may is a 19 20 year old kid uh redshirt freshman and uh you know he's gonna get he's gonna get applauded by Carolina fans Carolina fans are gonna love him for this He'll be, you know, he already he, he is already beloved by Carolina fans. They're gonna love him more for this because he's talking junk and speaking truth about NC State. Um, but uh, state fans are gonna are gonna hate him. So this it, is kind of the, the deal when you're a quarterback of Carolina and you and you speak like this. But uh, and you apologize. So there we are. That's that's the, that's the thing. I mean, thank God they didn't come for Duke is puke, Wake is fake. The team I hate is NC State back in the day, Adam. I mean, was that a thing when you were growing up? Because that um, was. That was like 
we we recited that all the time in in school. Milk, milk, lemonade. Oh wait, I can't do that one. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> we're the same age, so yeah, yeah. Uh, we did that. It, it just let me let me. Uh, I don't know if Ross needs defending here. He's a he's a big boy. I the the way that Drake May got to that today. Well, I mean Ross, I love you, so I will. But um, I thought was a smart line of questioning by Ross because I'm always interested in what Drake May has to say. He's just insightful and fun to talk to and he's usually always in a good mood and if you listen closely he's honest about things um and ross asked him uh were you recruited by notre dame which i thought was a good question i mean he was a very known guy in recruiting obviously an alabama commit i'm sure he probably could have gone wherever he wanted to go um if the circumstances worked out and then followed it up with a question about sam howell and sam howell being a star from the Charlotte area and Drake knowing him when, um, you know, they were younger. And if, if Sam, if that swayed Drake's decision and then Drake took it from there. So um, I thought it was good stuff from Ross. Like I, yeah, I mean, when he asked the Notre Dame thing, I was like, that's a good question. Cause I'm curious if Notre Dame recruited him. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, yeah, I didn't set him up or anything. I just asked him if, if, cause I remember when, when, uh, Sam Howe started like kind of balling under Mac Brown and was doing really well in 19. That's when Drake may flip from Alabama. Cause he kind of saw the momentum turning and, and UNC kind of building something. And so I was like, I was just trying to get, kind of get an answer from him about that. Like, did that, was that a big decision in you flipping unrelated to Notre Dame unrelated to NC state? And he just took it from there. And I, I mean, look, it's going to get out somehow. And I just, you know, I kind of just put it, you know, obviously most of my followers are UNC fans. So I, I knew what would happen when I tweeted it out. And exactly what happened, happened. And here we are. And I thought it was Ross's tweet to make, too, by the way, because Ross asked the question. You know, some people, uh, you know, will just tweet out quotes from stuff. They'll sit there and never ask a question for years. Um but that's a whole nother topic about some nerdy stuff nobody cares about. But I thought it was Ross's thing to tweet out because Ross asked the question. So I, I hope Drake doesn't feel bad. I'm sure he's gotten slapped on the wrist by um, some of the UNC athletic staff people if he's putting out an apology. He's probably having a bit of a rough Tuesday night. But nah, let's, let's read the apology here. Let's read the apology here for our podcast listeners. Drake May, I made a remark today about NC State, and I want to apologize. I was answering a question about playing in-state and said something I shouldn't have. I said it as a joke, but it was inappropriate. I feel bad and need to do a better job representing our program and this university. I mean, you know, basic, basic apology. And it's something a lot of, a lot of UNC students and a lot of UNC alums and UNC fans think he said it, and here we are. If that was inappropriate, I can imagine what he heard last year on the sidelines – Amongst it, uh, yeah, it's just it. My it blows my mind. Rivalry jokes are fun, man. Mm -hmm. That's what makes, like you mentioned, Ross. It makes it fun when you talk smack and all that stuff. You don't want it to be dirty, and you don't want guys taking cheap shots and all that stuff. But talk smack. It's, <laughs> it's what sports do. If you yeah. can't talk it there, where can you talk it? Anyway, you know what I thought of too. I mean, think about how bad Luke May used to torch the Wolfpack in basketball. Like, I mean, yeah, what if he said, I think what my brother back. thought, <laughs> yeah, I think how my brother thought and you saw what he did to the pack. I mean, what do you have said? I'm sorry. My brother was just inappropriately abusing. I don't know. It blows and, my mind. And this goes into a broader um, 
topic that's not really sports related, but just the sensitivity of people that the fact that he has to apologize is, you know, you can see it coming, but people are just so sensitive and social media intensifies it. And um, people get so worked up and it's like, God, relax. Let's have some fun. Talk smack back. Beat him on the field. I mean, if he loses the state, that tweets me brought up. If, if, if UNC loses the state, you can imagine what state fans are going to say, uh, you know, on Thanksgiving Saturday after that game. If, if he gets sacked six times and throws an incompletion or throws an interception, it's going to be right back in his face. And that's and it, it's deserved if that happens. And that's yeah, and the, and the chat has mentioned Banghart. I mean, she said the small mm -hmm. gym deal or whatever she said, and then state beat the hell out of Carolina. Mm -hmm. That's how you handle it, right? That's how you say, well, you just – I don't know. What were you going to say, John? There's kind of a life cycle here where athletes are disincentivized from saying interesting things because if they say something interesting, it kind of gets blown up and it's thrown back in their face. So we have to support student athletes who say interesting <laughs> things. It'll lead them to say more interesting things. And also my favorite part about this is knowing Luke May, it's just such a polar opposite. The two brothers could not be any more different. I mean, Luke May, you could not get him to say anything about anyone. He would barely even talk good about himself. And then here you have his brother, who's from all accounts, listening to, to Ross and Adam, a very open guy. And he maybe learned his first media lesson tonight. Yeah. And so I thought about this when I was get, was tweeting it out. I was like, man, I tweeted Sal, it's going to blown up and he's not going to want to talk to us as openly. And he's going to know it's me too. Um, and so that's kind of the, what was going on in my mind is like, all right, I tweet this out it, it, and that's why it blew up. I mean, I'll do, I mean, other people open. tweeted it. Other people did what Adam said. They, they sat and watched and then tweeted the quote. On yeah. And, and now there's a chance he just won't be as open with us and not say as many good things, but it doesn't get out anyway. Um, but, uh, so he, he may be more reserved now and, and that sucks <laughs> if that happens this early three games into his college career. People sure love Lane Kiffin. People uh, Ross knows. Ross hears me talk way too much as it is, but I've been saying I just hope he remains who he is. Is his career takes whatever path because he's just enjoyable to talk to. It's like a pureness about him where he just if you ask him something, he'll answer it. Um, sometimes he gets a little tongue tied, but then I don't talk that great either. You know, like uh, so. I mean, you just hope that he stays this way because I couldn't agree with you more, John. That. Uh, I uh, would bang my head into the wall trying to get an insightful comment out of Luke May. Luke May, great player, great player, just didn't have much time uh, for questions. Um, I don't know if something turned him off. I don't know if something happened after he hit the shot to beat Kentucky. I don't know. But Drake is a starting quarterback, and he is very welcoming with us, and it's much appreciated because, you know, as a starting quarterback – it's great to talk to you on Tuesday. It's great to talk to you after every game. So I've been thinking that I've, I'm hoping that he stays the same. I, even before this happened, I've been thinking to myself, saying to Ross, saying to other people, gosh, I just hope, you know, that he's the same Drake right now after three games as he is in year uh, three as a starter, if he's still around Chapel Hill. It yeah. reminds me a little bit of a situation a few years back with Andre Smith and Lamar Jackson, where yeah. Andre Smith kind of got trapped into saying that UNC would stop Lamar Jackson and shut him down. And obviously that didn't end up happening. I think this is a little <laughs> bit different because if you go back and listen to Ross's question, it was very open-ended. So Drake, there was no, it wasn't like a, you know, direct question that you asked him. It was just sort of, that's where he took it. Yep. So hopefully he understands, you know, that 
And you could kind of see after he said it too, he kind of like stepped back a little bit. He kind of knew like, oh boy, what did I just do? Um, he, maybe, you know. So he was talking like we talk with our buddies. I mean, this is how you talk crap to your state buddies. Or I mean, I I, I don't even, I, I wouldn't even say that to my state buddies because it is kind of offensive to their intelligence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, all right, but it's so true. Like, sorry, I got friends that didn't get into Carolina and they went to state and they grew up Carolina fans. All due respect. But great, great memory, John. I do remember that. And I remember Andre Smith was like, yeah, we're going to try to shut him down. You know, he's not going to run all over us. And Lamar Jackson torched Carolina in Keenan. And I remember that because I had a good – Andre Smith was awesome. I had a great relationship with him. He sent me a photo of him and Lamar Jackson on a recruiting trip to, I think, Louisville. And he was like, dude, tweet this out, man. Like, he was just – I think he was kind of like, man, we're playing Lamar Jackson – Heisman winner at that point. I think he'd won the year before they played Carolina. Is that right? Mm, I think he won it that year in part because of that, didn't he? I'm not sure. Um, but we will look it up. It was a big deal that Lamar Jackson was coming into Keene Stadium and he was like kind of playing into it. He was like, dude, here's a photo of us as high school juniors on a recruiting visit. I was like, sweet, man. Yeah, you're right. He uh, was a Heisman winner coming in and he had like 565 yards total offense. <laughs> so he was a Heisman the year before, right? Tom. Yeah, so yeah. it was a big deal that he came. Yeah, he won the Heisman in 16, and if that if my memory serves, that game might have been um, 17. in 17. But, yeah. yeah. A comment that Chris Phillips made over here in the chat was, interesting enough, he was saying that Drake was on ACC Network and didn't seem that different. Just Ross and I seeing how the sausage is made, Drake talked to us uh, this evening, you know, what, probably 535, 45, Ross, uh, mm -hmm. at, at the Keenan Football Center. And then as soon as he was done with us, they literally went around the corner and got into the studio to do the ACC Network uh, hit with uh, Mark Packer and Trey Paulson and those guys. So, um, yeah, that was that was before the knuckles. Yet, uh, Chris. That was before the knuckles got wrapped. Yeah, so that's like he he talked to us when when he was stepping away from the uh, lectern. There, he was headed to talk to the ACC Network. So yeah, he was uh, he hadn't uh, gone viral at that point. Yeah, I mean, if they're listening, talk, man. Say what you think. It's so much more fun, like these guys mentioned, to talk to athletes that say what they think and and put it out there. Um, people talk about Lane Kiffin all the time. People talk about Deion Sanders all the time and all the comments they make. I mean, would Mike Leach be a cool dude to cover if he just sat there and said, you know, we ran the ball well, we did – I mean, it's – Players got to be players. They got to be personalities. Otherwise, we just breeding a bunch of robots, and that's that doesn't do anything good for anybody. Let's get into this. Uh, and if folks don't know what Drake May said, uh, a couple of people in the chat have said what exactly he said. It's everywhere. Yeah. Follow Ross Martin. He's got the exact. Quote. Watch it on YouTube Shorts. Inside Carolina YouTube Shorts. Yeah, <laughs> did you already make a video for it, John? Oh yeah, I was on top of it. John. Yeah. Dude, John, back John. from the bye week with a vengeance. I mean, <laughs> by the way, I wanted to say it at the top. I honestly did. Tommy, I thought, did a great job last week uh, holding our hand, leading us. Uh, I, feel, I feel a butt coming, Adam. No butt. Hey, John, uh, hey Adam, is something brown, brown on your nose. And now I'm looking a little red-faced. Um, and now John is back and, you know, the family's back together. So I've just, John is back, strong, stronger than ever. And Tommy was excellent. John, my nose looks fine. I think John sent me a little message. Said, "Man, I've, I've been slacking this bye week, bye week." And I was like, "Man, John, we all kind of took a little break." 
Yeah. We all deserved it. You got to get the breaks when you can because basketball season's coming, you know? That's right. Yeah, but uh, thank you, Drake May, for making the first 15 minutes of this podcast extremely interesting for the Inside Carolina team and the Inside Carolina fans and the Carolina football fans. Let's get into what we have at hand. And, Ross, I'll come to you. I, I listened to all the press conferences this week. Um, but I want to get your take on Gene Chizik and the defense talk. What did you think? What did you think of uh, how Chizik answered questions and – how things have been for him this week, judging um, from his responses, I guess, yesterday on Monday in his press conference. Well, I, I messaged Adam today. I said, Adam, what what are you going to write on? And, he, and I was like, I'm around this, this. And he was like, why don't you write on uh, the defense taking baby steps? And <laughs> I mean, if all goes as planned, I'll have a little quick little article about the defense taking baby steps during the bye week. And you know it's the normal kind of, kind of normal kind of answers, but Chizik. But it was back to the basics and fundamentals over the bye week and having good practices and and working on angles and working on this communication stuff, which is so boring to hear about. Like figure it out. Um, I mean, like it's just so tough to write about communication. It's like let's go. This is week four, but it seems like with the new defense that it's supposed to be simpler, more simple. Um, that there's still work to be done. And I think, honestly, go and listen to Ray Vohasek. Vohasek, somebody gets so mad at me when I mispronounce it. Never gets it right. I mean, he is so good to listen to about the defense. And he had some good things to say about kind of he thinks they're still good. He thinks there's still a lot of potential there. They have the players. Just got to figure some things out. And, look, they know background and Chiswick know it's not good and there's a lot of issues, communication, and 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 – you know, all 11 players making, doing their job and things like that. But it's just the, it's the basic answers, the basic um, plays need to be made to make things happen. And we'll see against Notre Dame going against a, a very, very good offensive line and, uh, you know, four and five stars. But uh, it was, it was still fundamentals. Those things are supposed to be ironed out in, in preseason camp. I don't know, Adam, your take on the defense? Like, yeah, it's well, just like, I what mean, can, else can you say about it? I'm with you. I know. I wasn't trying to force you into doing that. I just was trying no, I mean, to suggestions. I threw out a suggestion about what Drake May, Drake May focused on on the bye week. But, um, you know, yeah. Well, I, I think what perked both of our ears up um, yesterday when we were talking to Mac and the coordinators was Mac sort of saying, intimating or saying directly that uh, Gene hasn't shown everything uh, with the defense. And I believe that's what he said. Um you know, and he, but it was framed from uh, the context of the fundamentals. It wasn't like, hey, Gene's been holding these four blitzes back and Gene's been holding this back. It was, um, you know, he's trying to do a full rebuild or revamp or reconfiguration here. And, and they are starting with the fundamentals and they are still in the fundamental phase of that on defense is the way I took it. Gene did say uh, after Mac talked to us yesterday that they had four really good days of practice. Um, so, um, but, you know, like we could do a whole other podcast on something that was a topic with Gene. You know, what, what, do you, what constitutes great defense in 2022 when everyone runs the spread and everyone is – I mean, everybody's hard to defend. Everyone has a good quarterback, you, you know, by and large. Everybody has – you know, like – it's just different now, you know? Um, 
It's uh, scoring defenses, right? That's his thing. It's scoring defense. And, you know, 24 points, 30 points can win you a game if that's what you hold a team to the, this day and age. Whereas, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you know, if a, if a team's scoring in the 20s or 30s, you're going to lose. But now with how good the offenses are, it's about turnovers and, and then just limiting these explosives. Like Mac was saying, I was going through some quotes today. Mac was saying how the, the defenses are so behind these offenses in some way, which is kind of they're all the defense is always trying to catch up yeah. to the evolution of offenses, which I, I think was, I mean, this is like Greg Barnes is just like, you know, somewhere he's his ears are perking up about, about that quote, you know, I'll and, ask him about that. on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Behind the offenses evolutionary wise and behind the offenses in game because of how fast most teams play. And Mac was saying, you know, you're trying to get a call to your safety. You're trying to get a call to your inside linebacker just th- during the course of a game. And, you know, the teams are going faster and faster and faster, and you're trying to get lined up right. Um, it's so, like uh, defenses are reactionary, right? They're responding to what the offense is doing. And if you're doing that, you're always playing catch-up, right? Is that, is that a good way to look at it? Uh, I don't know. I think so, Ross. Yeah. I agree uh, with that. I mean, l- let me ask you both this. And, 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 Ross, since you brought that up, I'll say this. Is it – does what happened the first three weeks show the inherent problems with thinking you're good in fall camp? They thought the defense was going to be really good. Uh, you know, it was all this, it was all that. Or were they just coach speaking us, us in the media, um, the fan base, talking about how much better this defense is going to be? I mean, I just don't think you can see how good you're actually going to be when you're practicing against yourself. You know, your offense and all. I think they thought they were going to be better than they are. And I think, as we discussed, I think they thought they were going to have to lean on the defense to try to work in a new starting quarterback and a whole bunch of new receivers and and running backs. I think that's what they thought. Um, And if you got the – you know, you have the roster over here, you have the depth chart, and you look at the guys they have on defense, you know, that makes sense. Um, So that's that's what I thought. I thought that they thought they were going to be better – and they haven't been, but it's three games in, and uh, there have been some bright spots, and there have been not so some not so bright spots. And, and look, uh, two great quarters against App State, which were destroyed by an awful quarter. Uh, one really good quarter against Georgia State, the, the fourth quarter, and really responding. You know, was it three point only three points off of three turnover UNC turnovers? So I mean, there's there's, there's bright moments where they put all together, and, and they're. Uh, Gene Chizik, I think a quote was, we're trying to put, you know, four quarters together. Yeah, it was – if you count the fourth down they got stopped on, on their side, on their own 39, it was like four – it was three turnovers and a, a four situations there where the Carolina defense only gave up three total points at Georgia State. And, yeah, they were up 21-3 to three on Georgia State. And then Georgia State scored 25 unanswered points. And they were up 41-21 to 21 at App State. And then everyone knows what happens after that. Um, so, yeah, to Ross's point, yeah. Uh, Fields Pierce in the chat makes a makes a good comment. How could the offense that has looked – well, where'd it go? Okay, right in front of me. How, did, how can the offense that has looked so good not have dominated the defense in fall camp? That's what I mean about the coach speak and, the, and, first of, and what, what we get. First of all, how fratty is that name? Fields Pierce. <laughs> It's like should be Fields, Poindexter, Pierce, the fourth. Um, he, got, he got into UNC. He didn't have to go to state. Yeah, that's a great first name, Fields <laughs> Pierce. Um, it's like a law firm, you know. 
Um, Fields, Peace, <laughs> Smith, and more. Um, I thought it was Wes Miller in the picture. Shout out, Fields. Appreciate the question. Yeah, yeah time the the background. No, I love, I love a good name like that. Fields is a great name. Uh, how could the offense look so good? Yeah, it's a great, great point. I mean, look, Drake May should have been torching the UNC secondary. Well, they and, were splitting the reps during fall camp. It was yeah. Drake and Jacoby. I'm not saying Jacoby Criswell's a bum, but like, I mean, maybe, maybe the defense looked really good against Criswell. They were splitting. They were splitting the reps. Spencer Rowland was trying to get into business school or whatever he was doing down there. Like, I mean, uh, you know, like, yeah, it's not it. From what we learned, we didn't get to see. But did we just get to see the one practice? Was that two, all we got? Two a practice and a scrimmage. Right, right, and. uh yeah, the defense did. By all accounts, the defense was performing better. It's y'all's fault. It was the media's fault for hyping the defense. I, I think, think I heard I think, that last year. I think Greg and I said this early on before we brought uh, Adam Smith on that, dude, preseason stuff is just you can't buy into it. You can't buy into the hype. You can't believe what they're saying because they're going against themselves and you're in a vacuum of um, you, you're, not, you're not going full steam against another team. So, I don't know. This is, this is four or five weeks ago about – UNC defense in preseason camp. But, Seems yeah. like a lifetime ago to hey, me, honestly. Hey, great opportunity this weekend. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, Golden Domers, you know, they got a quarterback that's still working in, but a good team, and this will be a huge win for UNC. I mean, let's just set the stage here, Tommy. Yeah, let's let's get it after the break. Ross, do the read for me, man. I love your Johnny T-shirt reads oh, and God, your other reads. He's looking for me. Let's go Blue Shark Vodka first. I think Connor Barth will be in town this weekend. Blue Shark Vodka, smoothest vodka in the world. This is a special bottle, but they have the half gallon and the, the regular uh, fifth at all 100 ABC stores. Guys, you're going to get vodka, smoothest vodka in the world, accessible price point, uh, smooth Carolina sweet corn. Man, that's sweet corn in that vodka. So, so smooth, so smooth. Uh, local company. We want to support local. You know, always try to buy local uh, right out of Wrightsville, uh, and they're Carolina-owned. Connor Barth has an ownership stake in them, so support us. Uh, they support the presenting sponsor of the Call in the Shots podcast and video show, Blue Shark Vodka, and Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com, local company right on Franklin Street and online at JohnnyT-Shirt.com. I'm in the I'm in the business. For, I'm in the market for a new polo shirt. I'm not sure if I can get a a Carolina shirt just to stay unbiased, but you know I'm gonna shop there for a sweatshirt, a crew neck. Um, a hooded sweatshirt. It's getting a little, you know, it's 50 degrees, 60 degrees in the morning. Go to Giant T-shirt and all inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off with that discount code. Tailgate season. You forget something. You know, you're at the bowls lot going, going to see Tommy and Buck and you forget something for the tailgate. Head to Giant T-shirt on Franklin Street. Pick it up. Stop in. You know, put the, the double blinkers on your car and hop in a Giant T-shirt. Use the promo code Johnny T-shirt, GiantT-shirt.com. Uh, back to Tommy. National guys will pay the bills. It's on the beat live. It's about uh, 9.29, 9.30 on the East Coast, right on time. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right boys we're back on to be live adam smith ross martin john bowman notre dame saturday at 3 30 inside carolina live tailgate show live from the bowls lot starting at 12 30 to 2 30 um, if Connor Barf's down there, we're going to drag him on the show, Ross. Uh, l- let's talk. Ross, you mentioned this is a great opportunity. And I think this is what Mac talked about, and I think this is one thing that's maybe being missed, is this is a big deal for Carolina. This is a huge game for Carolina. I don't care if Notre Dame's 1-2, and 3-0, and 0-3. Oh, oh that came across, especially when you were talking to Rava Hasek, it came across that this is a big deal for these guys. And they've gotten – worn down and beat up late the last couple of years um, in Kenyon well, Stadium in last year in South Bend. I get the sense that Mac Brown understands the importance of this. The players certainly seem to as well. Go to me? Who yeah. Are you, are you asking oh, me? Go, go ahead, Alex. Oh. Take it. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm still the, the Ross Reed. I was thinking of the meme. <laughs> it's corn. When he said, uh, oh my lord, I uh, sorry, sorry. My kids love the corn guy, uh, the little, corn little kid. It's corn. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Notre Dame, it's an it's it is a national brand. It, it you don't get much more famous than than uh, the fighting Irish. Um, I think, <laughs> I think Carolina's gonna win the game. Um, uh, I think Carolina's gonna win the game, uh, 27 to 23. Oh, uh, you're already getting in on the questions? I, I mean, I've I've, I've, I've thrown out a prediction every week. Um, Write it down, John. He's been writing them down. Um, <laughs> I was I was wrong. Well, I've been right, but uh, the scores have been a little off. Carolina's going to win the game 27-23. Uh, 3.30 p.m. Saturday afternoon on ABC. Um, you know, I, Ross mentioned it. I think that – uh, Notre Dame's backup quarterback, Drew Pine, um, will never be confused for Joe Montana. I hope I'm not setting him up to go crazy. But, um, you know, from from what we've seen with him under center, it is a straightforward offense with them. They are going to pound the power running game. Uh, they are going to try to put him in positions where he can make uh, throws that aren't uh, crazy challenging. They do have an All-American tight end in Michael Mayer, but he only caught two balls against Cal because 
you know, it, they're, they, 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 their offense looks simplified to me. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a man's game. You know, you're going to have to step up and you're going to have to hit somebody and you have to stop somebody. And as you alluded to, after Notre Dame came into Keenan in the pandemic year 2020, Mac talked about it for weeks, if not months, about how they got manhandled on the offensive and defensive lines. And that's where they have to be if they want to be a national caliber program. Mac talk, has been talking about that for two years. Could you yeah. think of a better matchup, though, for what UNC's defense is and what right. Notre Dame's offense is? This is a – Adam, you, you were too nice to Notre Dame. This is an offense that is in despair. They Don't take are, the cheese, John. Don't take the hey. cheese. No, I am, I am very well versed in Notre Dame football. <laughs> yeah, I, hey. I know the team. Go ahead, John. I, I watched, I watched them quite a bit. This is an offense that was bad in their first game, and then they lost their starting quarterback. And on Saturday against Cal, they were all over the place. The, the quarterback backup, Drew Pine, he was missing snaps. Uh, they were dropping easy passes left and right. So could you think really of a better matchup for this North Carolina defense than matching up against this Notre Dame offense that cannot throw the ball deep? I have one stat before I throw it back to everyone. PFF has four types of passes, behind the line of scrimmage, short, medium, and deep. And Notre Dame on Saturday against Cal threw two passes medium, that's 10 to 19 yards, and one pass attempt deep beyond 20 yards. That's it. This is a very interesting matchup for the UNC defense. So Georgia Tech had a quarterback. Georgia Tech used to have a quarterback that couldn't throw a spiral to, you know, on the baseball, you know, from 50 feet. And he would torch Carolina because Carolina would have to sell out to stop the run, and he'd just throw it over the top. Notre Dame's going to do the same thing. We'll talk about it more later this week, but I think Notre Dame's going to load up and run it and run it and run it. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Let me, let me bring one thing up for all, all our listeners out there. John Bowman is a <laughs> Notre Dame fan. I asked I – mean, his, dad, his dad went there. I mean, that is John. Oh, okay, that so you, you have a legitimate verse in Notre Dame. I remember when John lived with me during COVID. <laughs> and um, I it was when UNC I was struggling. I don't know what the deal is, but I asked him, I was like, who are you cheering for, John? Notre Dame versus UNC. And I think he was cheering for Notre Dame because Notre Dame had a better chance of, like, advancing to the to the, the playoff or something. So and My, my yeah, only correction you. there, I am an unbiased – I'm an unbiased <laughs> I do not root for anyone. So, when, when, so John, does, John does watch Notre Dame and knows that team probably better than any of us. Um, but I'd be interested. I mean, John is a Notre Dame fan at his core. Look at that guy. That guy could have been the little leprechaun. How long your dad getting into Notre Dame, by the way, John? Congrats to him. Yes. I, now I, know I, I couldn't for sure. So. I will freely admit I've been up there multiple times um, to see ball games, and it is an unbelievable place. Oh. And uh, but but I ain't pulling for them, even if I love the campus. And even you know, well, my dad went where he was supposed to go. He went to the school he could get into in North Carolina, and it wasn't the one down in West Raleigh. But I just think Notre Dame's going to come into this game, and let's let's get into it a little bit. You guys have seen this Carolina run defense. We talk about the pass defense; it hadn't been good. It's got to be better. But has the run defense been that much better when it's mattered? Adam, it's going to have to be Saturday. I mean, I just I just feel like they're going to pound those two backs. What's the guy's name? Esteem John. Um, you know, like uh, 
I, I mean, I just feel like it's going to be power running straight ahead, coming at you. We're going to hit a little play action and waggle Drew Pine out on the perimeter, maybe a little run pass option. And uh, somebody's going to need to be up in Michael Mayer's shirt. I mean, the guy's an All-American. He caught two passes against Cal. Um, he can't throw it to himself. It's true. Um, but about the UNC run defense, I mean, I don't know how to answer it because Chase Bryce went ballistic, 376 yards, six touchdowns. Um, you know, I thought the UNC run defense acquitted itself uh, well for those those uh, shut at that second and third quarter, basically shutout they had at App State. Georgia State um, was a bit of a different animal. You know, you had the Darren Granger quarterback who's good on the run, not the greatest thrower. Um, I thought UNC secondary just got mixed up a couple times down in Atlanta. And, uh, I mean, you saw what happened with them ending up arguing with each other after the one touchdown pass. Um, but I mean, they're rolling Travis Shaw in there more, you know, that, you know, Miles Murphy's back at practice, right? Ross, isn't that what we, we heard? Maybe. Miles Murphy's back. We'll go rotate them in, maybe Kevin Hester, Ravo Hessick, Miles Murphy throwing Travis Shaw. Um, man's game. Uh, Javar, uh, Javari Ritzy, just throwing, just throw the bodies in there. Let's go to work. Um, you know, Desmond Evans, uh, your boy, uh, uh, the, the, the butcher. I mean, the bodies are there. This is the time to shine. I think the, the run defense has been, you know, average, above average. And this is the time, this is the time to show what you got four games in. Um, it's a big stage. And you know, Vahasic's pumped up. Vahasic, Vahasic, you know, he, <laughs> He's from he's out a, there. That was a great he, line of questioning, I thought. He's a Midwest guy. I asked that question, Adam just laughed. I don't know why. But, you know, he grew up a Notre Dame fan. So, I mean, this is a big I game for him. Why did you ask it, Ross? I what said he's an Illinois guy. Yeah. I laughed because I'm glad you asked it. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. uh, this is third time playing Notre Dame, and they've lost every time. I mean, they're, they've only beat Notre Dame twice, and one of them has been uh, vacated. Last win was 2008 with Cam Sexton behind uh, center. <laughs> and that, that's a vacated on Winsipedia. So um, that's a yeah. great website, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. You share that with us. I've been, I've been going to that website a long, long time. It, it is great. It's awesome. You yeah. see every single game and you can like see a score. It's a great website. Winsipedia. Um, yeah. So yeah, mean, the all time series, the Carolina has the all time series as 20 to two, mm -hmm. but Ross is right. The 2008 is vacated. So, but I, I would go 22 too. You play the game, you won, you won the game. I'm not a big vacate guy. Yeah, that's stupid. You're you going to take it off the record books? Well, only nerds look at record books anyway. Whoa. I'm joking. I'm joking. I did not. That, my you're opinions gonna, you're are gonna my own. all the nerds out there. <laughs> stats is lies, damn lies, and stats. What we got left, boys? It's about 9.39. Not much more to talk about other than – just a huge game for Carolina. Anything different you'll think we'll, we'll see from the offense? How are they going to well, work, Josh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. I mean, yeah. so we think right now, kind of reporting this, we and, and based on kind of what Drake May said and Bryson Nesbitt said, we, we think based on intel that Josh Downs Antoine Green are full go. And I, I heard that from a source today as well. They're full go, full contact, every rep in today's practice. Um, and so they're going to get those two guys back. Now, how much do you play them? I think you play Josh Downs as much as he can go. He probably can go the whole game if he wants to. How much do you bring? Antoine Green's kind of the different story. You know, he's coming off a collarbone injury. You know, how, how in shape is he really? You know, contact, 
you know, maybe split his reps half with, with JJ Jones and Gavin Blackwell and then, and then work in Kobe pace hour. Remember Josh Downs can play anywhere as well. So you could move him outside as well. So that'd be interesting just to kind of watch how much, the, how many snaps each guy gets. Um, and you expect Downs to be out there. Um, as many snaps as there are, but you know, look, it's, it's been a great wide receiver group so far with pace hour, JJ Jones, um, Blackwell. And now you add in what we thought were going to be the two best wide receivers, green and downs. So it's just the rich get richer, more, more bullets for your gun. As Phil Longo said on Monday, Adam. Yeah. I was thinking just the way you're talking there, I, I've randomly remembered Phil Longo talking about Josh Downs endurance, uh, weeks ago when he was healthy and finding he's like he's a freak he is a machine in terms of you don't have to limit his snap count so and ross is right like another beautiful thing about drake may is that he just said you know not he didn't like announce it with like a horn you know he just said to us today it's great to have three back out there see him running around catching passes so right there boom you know he's practicing um, yeah. you know, the, the expectation, the, the optimism was there, but there you go. The quarterback told you I'm throwing passes to number three. It's great to have him back out there. So as Ross and I talked the other day, uh, on the videos that we do, um, which my father actually said to me, uh, he thought that was a podcast, but we don't have to do that. I saw the podcast <laughs> from Ross. Did. Yeah. Like, my man. parents have zero idea of what I do. Like. Yeah, they, they think if they go to InsideCarolina.com, the computer's going to blow up somehow. I'm like, it's fine. Just go over there. <laughs> click on whatever you want to click over. Um, but, but, they're, used to, they're used to reading you on the paper. Yeah, I mean, oh, let's, look what, let's look what little Adam wrote, a little paper today down in, me- down in Mebbin. Well, what happened to Adam? He's not in the paper anymore. It's, I, I mean, was in his paper and little Adam's his paper now. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be we, – we've talked a lot about Notre Dame offense and the USC defense, like – here you have Josh Downs and Antoine Green coming back to uh, an offense that at times has been electric with Drake May. I mean, Drake May's been playing without these two guys, um, and he's been doing fine. Um, you know, I think the 11 touchdown passes, he's tied for first nationally in touchdown passes. And nobody in the ACC is anywhere close to the what, 930 passing yards, 11 touchdowns for Drake, uh, only one interception. Um, so, I mean, I think that's, I think that bears watching. I think it bears watching if you can get Omarion Hampton grinding out some of those tough yards. I think the yards are going to be hard to come by in the running game. If you can get Petaway some space, if, if you can get him, you know, like you have, I think the yards are going to be hard earned on the ground and we're going to see what type of decisions Drake makes, um, through the air and the decision-making has been good from him so far. So I'm really interested to see the game. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I mean, people are saying Carolina's got to run the ball successfully to beat Notre Dame, and that's usually the case. But Carter and Williams, two years ago, had next to nothing compared to what they got normally. They might not have gotten a first down in the second half. Yeah, and I heard Mac reference that. And I remember sitting in that stadium going, this is men versus boys watching this game. And this is the difference between big-time college football and pretty decent ACC football. And, so, and nobody said anything about how good Carolina's run offense was there because it was elite, and they still did nothing against Notre Dame. Go ahead, Ross. I tweeted out the 24-7 sports team composite rankings, which ranks all the teams based on their – I think it's only based on recruiting rankings. 
I may be wrong, but I don't know how else they would do it. So they take every player on the roster, you know, some algorithm, and they rank each team based on the players they have on the roster and, and their recruiting ranking. And obviously, like Alabama, Georgia, one, two, Ohio State, one, two, three. But Notre Dame is 10. This is 2022. Notre Dame is 10, and uh, UNC is 16. But that's because UNC's recruited really well the last three years. Notre Dame has recruited probably pretty much the same last four or five years. But UN, Notre Dame's talent is older. You have four and five stars who are seniors, redshirt seniors, while UNC's five-star talent is freshmen, redshirt freshmen, you know, sophomores, juniors. So while they're pretty close, you know, 16 is really good for UNC. Their talent is younger and getting to the point where their sophomores, juniors, seniors contributing, whereas Notre Dame has that four- and five-star talent pretty consistently in each class that's developed and experienced and mature. Something to note there. You've got a uh, – because Brian Kelly was there, what, John, 10 years or so? Mm-hmm. And you recruit for games like these. You don't recruit to beat App State or Georgia State. You recruit to have the size to compete on the offensive and defensive line against good, deep college football teams like Notre Dame is, especially on the offensive line and, and even on the defensive line. UNC has not faced a line like this yet this season, and they might not face a line this good for the rest of the year when you look at the rest of the ACC. So this is going to be a huge challenge for North Carolina. Can they block up Notre Dame's defensive line, and can they protect Drake May enough uh, on offense? Should we fire some questions here? Well, let me let me let's get some questions. But let me, Ross, you retweeted earlier today. Dagum box scores tweet. This is an interesting one. Past quarterbacks in Notre Dame Carolina games: Joe Daly and Brady Quinn. I was in. I was there for that one. Hakeem Nix went off in that game, um, but Notre Dame ended up winning. Cam Sexton versus Clawson. Marquise versus Golson. Even though I thought Golson was out that game. Chess Rat, Ian Book, How Book, Sam Howell, Jack Cone. Those are washes. And then Drake May and Drew Pine. Uh, yeah. I mean, Carolina has a shot. I don't think they win this game by running up and down the field against Notre Dame. I think Drake May, again, has to have a big game. You got any questions you got, Ross, coming in? Well, I think John is some there. I can go a little rapid fire here maybe. Shout, shout out to Sherell. Strong going in the chat here. Yeah, Mixing sure it up. Sherell loves low-key. He's low-key football guy. Yeah, he's, he a just great, does, he's a great football fan. He That's just great. does baseball on the side. He's Dallas guy, though, uh, which I'm sorry, Sherelle. Can Marcus Freeman coach? Um, <laughs> Man, so he – look, I don't – 25% my, of the time? The guy's my age, um, which is just like you look at what these guys do. <laughs> you sit here sit on a podcast with Adam Smith. Um, he's handsome too, isn't he? Mark, yeah. 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 Um, look, that seat – you know, it shouldn't be hot, but no, one and no, two, no. man, that's it's not a great look. John, no. what do you think? You're the Notre Dame fan. The answer is yes, Mark and Marcus Freeman can coach. He was handed a tough, tough draw early on. He lost his bowl game, but that was a tough bowl game. They had a tough opening game against Ohio mm-hmm. State. Give him time. This is If you ask Jason Staples as well, he's tweeted about this. It's a well-coached team. They just need a little bit of time, and they have a dearth of offensive talent, which makes things difficult for free. And he can recruit too, right? I mean, that's is that sort of his forte is being a, a, a superb recruiter, I would think. Yes, um, he, he went undefeated in the offseason, but that obviously didn't do much once they started losing. I mean, look, young guy that looks apart, like you would think it's also – I mean, they chose him over going out and getting a, a big, big name coach. They chose him. Promoting him from defensive coordinator, Ohio State guy, 
you know, there was a reason why they don't just, they just don't promote anybody to that job. And that's one of the top 10 jobs in the nation. So you, and that AD there is one of the best in the nation um, at Notre Dame. So you would think they know what they're doing with him. It's just high State's tough. And then Marshall, that's just, it's a tough look, but you would think things get stabilized there. Big game for them too this weekend. I was going to say, those, Notre Dame's not going to wait. Um, Notre Dame, it, it, if they lose to Carolina, they're staring at four and eight. Mm. I might, I might uh, disagree with you, John, about how uh, the time factor there. Anyway, do you think Carolina will have a good running game versus Notre Dame, Josh Tyree, with the question? We talked about it earlier. I do not. I'll go on record saying I do not. What do you think, Adam? I think that the – Georgia, I think that the Georgia State game was won by the running game in the second half because UNC didn't have much going on the ground in the first half. Not that they struggled to score or anything, but the running game took over in the second half. Omarion Hampton wake, woke up. He had three yards at halftime, finished with 110. But, yeah, uh, I think Georgia. the difference between Georgia State and Notre Dame is significant, and I think that is going to be a tough ask. But – I think that, you know, I don't think the Tar Heels are going to run wild on, wild on them by any means, but I think they can do enough um, to win the game. I don't know what it's going to look like, and I don't know what the combinations are going to be because um, it seems like, you know, different guys kind of step up in different games, but I think they can do enough. I don't think it's going to be beautiful, but I think they can do enough. One thing to note about UNC's offensive line is I think William Barnes said today that he is now the right tackle. In so many words, go listen to the uh, William Barnes interview on YouTube or on the message boards. He said, yeah, I'm at right tackle pretty much. And then Spencer Rowland and Jonathan Adorno are at right guard. Interesting development. And, well, there's a question about Roland. Look, John, producer John on top of it. Maybe probably a little better there. I mean, you would think, you know, Roland, I don't know. It's uh, he, he let some people buy there at right tackle. Maybe Barnes a little better there. You would trust the offensive coordinator there, the offensive line coach. So it's a little position movement there. And that's tougher than you would think. I mean, you have to change everything when you change a position in the offensive line. Everything's a little bit different. Guard and tackle are a very, very different positions. All right. Was Downs – Rick Miner asked, was Downs a full go at practice today? We've talked about it a little bit. Ross, you mentioned uh, – or you guys both mentioned that Drake may um, – talked about throwing the ball to Andre Green. Downs – he oh. plays, right? There's no question he plays Saturday, right? Sourced intel here only on the beat. Ready, set it. Downs and green, full contact, full practice, all reps today on Tuesday in Chapel Hill, full go. That's sourced intel, Adam. Do you – all right, John, this is a question for you. Josh Tyree throwing up a bunch of questions. Do you think Pine instead of – is it Butchner? Butchner? Buckner, oh, yeah. Buckner. Oh, yeah, that, that – that would be a K in North Carolina. Uh, Buckner make much of a difference. <laughs> my my hot take is that uh, Buckner is actually worse than Pine. Oh my uh, God! Pine hey. was he was nervous on. So Saturday, can Marcus we, Freeman not coach if he was playing the worst of the two quarterbacks? What's the deal here? Uh, yeah, it's tricky. I think Buckner has a higher ceiling. He's also younger. Um, but Pine was nervous on Saturday. But once he settled in, he was able to complete some passes. Buckner really does not have very much of an arm, a deep passing threat. He's a running quarterback first, whereas Pine is a little bit more of a hybrid. So uh, I think Pine actually playing helps Notre Dame on 
Saturday. Should we go to the next question here? What's the status of JQ Conley? Uh, he will no be playing against Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. He has uh, JQ Conley has not returned to practice. Um, that is not sourced intel. That's per my, Mac Brown. Um, yeah. So he hasn't, he's coming off the ACL injury. He's coming off surgery. He has not practiced yet. Um, but uh, the people around the program said that he's doing well. I think that was a direct quote. He's doing well and progressing, but maybe his timetable is a little bit behind schedule. I think Max said that this week would have been the very earliest he could have returned to practice, um, considering the the window on that injury and the recovery that's involved. So, hey, follow AJ Blue on Instagram, and you'll see Jay Jacorius Conley's full recovery workouts it's pretty cool pretty cool to see him gradually get back to football moves do we want to talk acc headquarters at all is that the space for this i don't know we can talk well is there any more questions here oh well, let's ask this let's get both y'all's take on this chris phillips says what's the best matchup for unc in this game and i'll sort of blend it with uh what's carolina's most important thing run defense or pass defense Where, where's carolina match up best here adam drake may <laughs> Like, I mean, that's my, that is my answer, honestly. Like, I, I, I'm sorry not to address your question, but like, no, I agree with you. I, I just that's that that is my answer. I think that's that's what it boils down to. I think it boils down to getting off the field on third down. I know that's not exactly rocket science, but I think there's going to be a lot of third and mediums, third and shorts, to where you know, third and four can Notre Dame get four yards, five yards? Can the Carolina defense get off the field? You know, I I, I think that's going to be something to watch. But I just think that this is going to be an early uh, type of legacy definer, you know, to see what, what, what Drake may has for them. Um, you know, they're coming off two weeks, they're coming off two weeks of rest here. And I think, I think he's the key. I know that's oversimplified. Right, I think that's it to me. Quarterback is the most important position. And Drake may has the advantage over Notre Dame. I think it's huge. Um, force a couple turnovers and run the ball and hit some wide receivers deep. You know, I think it's set up. I mean, what's the spread now? Pretty even pick them. So you're starving for turnovers too. We're Ross and I were talking. I looked it up. The Carolina has the Carolina defense has forced three turnovers this season. They've only forced one in the last two games. Um, I think it's 158 plays that App State and Georgia State ran on offense. 158 plays. One turnover on those 158 plays. So, Vahasek said it. Look, the defense wants to prove. They hear everything. They see everything. They want to prove they can play. They're motivated. Those are I mean, these athletes. They're, they're alpha males <laughs> that want to show what they can do. I mean, Tony Grimes, Miles Murphy, and Ray, and all these guys, Desmond Evans. Like they want to prove that they're a solid group. So this is the game. They've heard everything. They have all two weeks to prepare. Like, you would think they kind of step up to the plate now. It's not Georgia State. It's not App State. Like, they, like they see Notre Dame, the Golden Domers, the Jersey, the Irish, Rudy, all that stuff. Like, this is the – you would think they're a little bit motivated to, to hit that next level and bring it and, and be focused this week and improve. So, you would think the defense kind of shows up a little bit. Let's talk about a bunch of great questions from the – the iron group that is our fan base on, on the beat live Ross and Adam Ross, you can chime in since you brought it up. What, what do the Guilford County, Alamance County people think of uh, the ACC moving to Charlotte? 
Yeah, I mean, you got no no one better to talk about it than than Mr. ACC Adam Smith out of Mebbin. But look, I can talk about Ross if you don't want to go. Born, I'll, I'll intro. I'll set you up. Born and raised in Greensboro, you know, well connected in the Gate City. Um, <laughs> look, I'm all. I, it ha- it was going to happen, and there's no sense in denying the ACC's move to Charlotte. I didn't know they, that Charlotte had the sixth or fifth, fifth or sixth largest airport in the world. No, right? I didn't. Yeah. Either. I looked it up, and I was like, "Geez, like ahead of a bunch of Chinese airports." But uh, it, it makes sense. Everything the ACC does, they got the basketball tournament often in, in Charlotte, like ACC football championship, other bunch of other tournaments in Charlotte. It's a hub. It's closer to Clemson. It's close to all the North Carolina ACC schools. It's more of a marketing and, and sports business hub. Greensboro, look, it's always 30 years behind Charlotte, maybe 45 years behind Charlotte, and about 15 years behind Raleigh. I've always said that. You know, it, it's just it, it is, it's just a little bit behind those, and so it just makes sense. You can fly in from everywhere. Um, but it's interesting. I, I was on the, the press conference with Jim Phillips today, and um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a 69-year run in Greensboro, and now it's time to hand it off to the Queen City. Adam, your thoughts on the move? You're, you're a bit, you've been covering this league longer than I have. I mean, I'm wistful about it, Ross. You know I am. I like I, I, I think that, yes, it, everything is trended toward going to a place like Charlotte. I'm glad it's staying in North Carolina. They had floated Orlando. You know, um, I'm not sure Imagine. anybody's going to Florida right now. Um, but, uh, you know, they had floated Orlando. I, I'm glad it's staying in North Carolina. But, I mean, the ACC was born at Sedgefield Inn in 1952, 1953. I always think about that when I when I've gone to cover the Wyndham uh, Championship. The smoke filled room is how they always set it up—a smoke filled room in Central Country Club. It's just cool, you know. Like, um, I mean, it's just cool to think about the history that was there. Um, you know, Tommy and I go back to when the league was eight teams. Uh, you know, before mm. Florida State came in. You remember when Florida State came in? It was like, oh my God, nine teams! What in the right. world? Right. What are we going to do? Oh, let's have a less Robinson invitation. All the way down there in Florida. What? <laughs> But um, <laughs> there has to be a Jim Beheim Greensboro joke here somewhere. Beheim picking his nose and talking about restaurants in Greensboro or something. But, Bennington's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, they get what? ACC got $15 million out of North Carolina taxpayers too, by the way. Someone uh, asked that Someone asked that question. Someone uh, from the news and record said, what do you say to the taxpayers, the schools that are suffering, all the people that are suffering for funds to put $15 million for them to move or to stay in North Carolina or whatever. It was kind of pretty funny. Well, I mean, they did. It happened. Yeah. I mean, it, it happened. I know $15 million, million ain't much to you over there, Ross, but, you know. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm a little sad to see it, it leave Greensboro. I'm glad the tournament, the basketball tournaments will still be in Greensboro. I guess it's just sort of a figurehead thing, too, to where it doesn't, you know, it really, really doesn't affect people's lives other than the people that work for the league. But um, people are know. treating this like it's Amazon picking their second headquarters. Like, how many jobs are actually moving yeah. from Greensboro like, to Charlotte? I mean, I think it's 50 or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not like it's like hiring these people in need yeah. of like minimum wage jobs. You're hiring like these people that are in good positions. It's not like you're like, we're going to bring all this infrastructure and investment into Charlotte. No, you're moving <laughs> jobs. People who already have jobs to Charlotte and they're going to buy a house in Myers Park. <laughs> Or this is, track or something, you know. So we started with a rivalry joke. We end with the ACC move. You can't make it up on On the Beat Live. Sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Anything else, boys? Hey, come see us in the bowls lot, right, Tommy? 
Yep. Twelve thirty, we will crank up the live show. Uh, come see us in the Bowls lot. Hang out twelve thirty, two thirty, uh, before everybody heads over to Keenan Stadium to get that work done. Uh, it should be a fun time. And Adam, your standing segment, bring it. You brought it last time we were in the Bowls lot. Bring it again. Am I? Am I? Are you talking about bringing us? Am I signing off with a stat here? Is that what you told me? Bowls lot segment. Bowls lot segment. But you can also give me a stat. Okay, well, you know, I, I was prepared for that. I'm sorry. Um, we talked last week, uh, Sands producer John, about um, you know Carolina. Carolina has started four and zero once since 1983. They started four and zero in 1983 under Dick Crum. But if you take that out, they've only started one four and zero one other time since then. 1987, the first tour for Mac. Notre Dame, as you know, is coming in one and two. And I have looked it up over here. The last time Notre Dame started one and three, not that long ago. 2016, but I thought, interestingly enough, the game that dropped them to one and three was a loss to Duke in 2016. Um, that does not compute, does it? I mean, I don't know if Daniel Jones was running around back there for David Cutcliffe or what. But yeah, he would have had to been. I was thinking, I was thinking that must have been a good Duke team. Went and looked up the Duke. Duke was four and eight that year. So I mean, uh, I don't know. So we're looking at uh, if Carolina wins. Uh, Saturday, they're four and zero for the first time uh, since nineteen ninety seven. Notre Dame's one and three for the first time since twenty sixteen. Yep, we almost got out of here without the porn box. It's been a fun <laughs> show, boys. Uh, oh. Johnny T shirt, Johnny T shirt dot com, blue shirt vodka. Come see us in the Bulls lot. I got him. You got him. Look, look, you had it on go. I was, not, I was on autopilot at the end there. My bad. It's been a fun show, folks. Join us on uh, Wednesday night. For the game plan. So I guess tomorrow night for the game plan with Jason Staples and Greg Barnes. Got to go on Wednesday night. So mark your calendars. Ross, Adam, John, it's been fun. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.